by Hafiz. Spill the oil lamp. Spill the oil lamp. Set this dry, boring place on fire. <laughs> if you have ever made wanton love with God, then you have ignited that brilliant light inside that every person needs. So spill the oil. And another one, I am determined. One regret, dear world, that I am not uh, that I am determined not to have when I am lying on my deathbed is that I did not kiss you enough. Which means appreciate this world as well and enjoy it while you're here. So I have several things to announce tonight. One, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but we do have a new CD in the back. It's Keys of Initiation with Jim and Brian. It's from a Tuesday night class not too long ago where we announced about Brian now is also directly working with his initiates on the inner levels, his disciples and soon-to-be initiates. Um, a little note from Diana Vandell that she would like to hear from anyone and receive anyone um, deposit checks or checks towards the upcoming uh, meditation retreat that we're going to have here in Austin at the Red Corral. We have now 18 people in the area signed up and um, we have places still left so if you would like to attend you might want to go ahead and put your deposit down because the closer we get to the March time the, the more it'll fill up and then you may at the last minute say oh I'm going to go and it's full. And the one in Kalamazoo, Michigan it's is full. already full. Yeah. And that's for six months from now. So it's happening sooner. That's why we wanted to give you the heads up, especially since it's right here in Austin, just to let you know. So in case you're thinking about it, do something with it now, and at least you have that there. So we just want to put that out there because of the way things are unfolding with that. So since you live here, we're trying to give you first dibs in a sense, you know, so. And also, uh, if you're having trouble or if you can't sign up on the web, talk to Diana Vandell, she's here tonight, and or call Laura Doggett and uh, we can make arrangements for you to get the paperwork to fill out, to sign up and to make a deposit or whatever that is. And good news is we have MasterCard and Visa and American Express, so if that assists, that's fine. And uh, some of you may not know that if you haven't been on the website to see that. Also, we have a, a workshop. It's um, one, two, three, four, five months long. It starts one evening and goes for five months. <laughs> so bring your knapsack. <laughs> it's actually um, a class on manifesting God's abundance with Bill Stratton. It'll be here at the ILM Center. On, uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. on October 9th, which is a Sunday, and all these are Sundays, November 13th, then January 15th, February 12th, and March 5th. And it's really a, a class about getting in touch with that movement of loving where God's abundance is found. It's not so much about physical abundance or physical manifestation of abundance, such as wealth and possessions in this world. Those are just sort of like precipitations out of the greater loving and abundance that God has for us. And so this is going to be getting in touch with the, the greater fullness of God's loving 
and getting in touch with the abundance that lives within that loving. And that if we can move into and fulfill that loving within ourselves and connect into that each day and live more in that each day, it allows then that greater abundance to manifest on all levels of ourselves and our creations around us. So I think you'll find it to be a very rewarding class. Um, Brian and I will be coming on February 12th, at the, the fourth class, to do question and answers and sharing and to just kind of bring it alive yet at another level. And I'm sure, Bill, would you like to share a little bit about it before? Well, use the microphone. <laughs> you want to? Come on up here and, and do it. This all comes out of the, the two CDs about abundance that I did back in 97 that he's actually remastering for the class and will make available to everybody once that, that class starts. And he's only using some out of those CDs. He's got so much more oh, that yeah. he's actually bringing into the class. He's really going through a lot of material. And it's going to be quite a fascinating time. Uh, I think Jim described it really wonderfully. And, you know, over the years, Jim has said often, um, God loves you and uh, God wants you to be abundant. And I've heard that many times and I've heard various materials through the seminars indicating that and also directing that information into my life, your life, in, in terms of connecting to it. So, um, I just got inspired to put some excerpts together and meditations together and exercises for us to focus that in our lives. And it's just what Jim said. It's just connecting to that divinity inside of you where manifestation of abundance um, is precipitated into your life. One of the things that I like that Bill's doing is by taking all these things, just like every Tuesday night, we get all the information, but then how much do we really apply it? And so by coming to a class like this, like what Bill's doing, is getting that information, but then really having the place to begin to apply that and having the support to stay active with momentum. And one of the things I really like that Bill's doing with this class is one, it's simple, just one, one, two hours on one Sunday a month over five months. So it's really, short time in class, so to speak, but then it gives you all this time to really begin to live it in your life. And over time, it really, that's where the integration takes place. So this is where it's a wonderful opportunity to really take, you know, these teachings to begin to really work them in your life so that you can really live that experience rather than just the information. So if you're one of those people that I'm kind of like, I'm a team player, more so than an individual motivator by myself. That's where it's nice to come to groups and do stuff because you got that support that helps you get the motivation going um, and the momentum. And so if you're one of those types of people, um, you know, here's another opportunity, you know, as well as other things Laura offers as well, um, which Jim's going to actually announce some other things here too. But the nice thing too, what I like is it's over several months, you get to apply it, come back and share about it, ask more questions about it, get more information about how to expand your experience and go further with it. And it truly is experiential. And I think you'll, when you finish this class, you will understand a lot more about 
the loving action of God and the abundance uh, that is in that action, uh, the spiritual abundance and the physical abundance that God has in that loving action that we can connect into if we just will. And so it is going to be quite a nice experience. We're excited about it. I'm gonna, it's fun to see what's going to happen with it. I know every time I've played with the word abundance inside and moved on that energy and played with it, it's amazing what will manifest out of it. I mean, it's just tremendously amazing. And I think that part of what he's going to be sharing with you is about how to give it up to God. Envision it, want it, love it, but give it up to God and then let God be your partner in the process. And then it can be something much greater than you might have envisioned. I've seen that in my life over and over and over. So I think you'll really enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun. Very bountiful. Then uh, I have quite a few things that Laura's got coming up. I'm going to list the first one, the earliest one coming up, and then I'll talk about the others next week so I don't go on and on and on and on. Uh, October 16th, uh, that's a, I don't know what day it is, it doesn't say, is going to be a couple's potluck at Tom and Laura's home. And so you and your partner, significant other, better half, etc. If you have an etc., maybe your dog or whatever, are cordially invited to share in an evening and dining with other couples. So it's to come and just to have a nice sharing together as couples. That's a good point. If your other partner or whatever is an animal, does that count, Tom? Do you know? <laughs> it is Sunday. Okay. Now all these so are. It's going to be a potluck dinner. All this information is in the back, and if you have questions about either of them, call Bill about the abundance one, or call Tom or Laura on um, the couple's dinner. And I'll go over the others next week as they get further into October. Also, we're going to ask that you take note, in the last newsletter we talked about what was coming up for Coins for Kids, and we're going to be shopping and doing all that a little bit earlier this year, so we just asked for you to focus on bringing in the coins that you might have been collecting over this last year, bring them in for deposit so we can get that all tallied so we can see what we're really working with this year and have a better idea of just, just what's going to be happening. And take note that um, uh, Sunday, November 20th, is going to be our shopping day, so you might want to put that on the calendar. That's, um, I think, the week before Thanksgiving, I believe. Yeah. That's Sunday before. So... Uh, and then we'll be doing the wrapping day on Saturday, December 10th here at the center. So just for you to have that information, we'll go over the other stuff a little later next time. All right. So is that enough information? <laughs> so thank you all. Good night. No. <laughs> You know, it's been very interesting to um, just watch my life and to watch my own practice of meditation and how that moves and how it flows. And, and it's, it's sometimes very active inside and sometimes it's very quiet inside. But I found that if I will sit and do the meditation, there is always something happening. 
It can be quiet. It can be active. But there is something happening. And that thing that is happening is the awareness that God is ever-present in every moment, whether it's quiet or active, God is present. And uh, this morning when I was sitting in a meditation, I became very aware of that action of God's presence in a very subtle moment in my meditation where I realized how present God is in our life all the time, all the time. And yet how often we are not acknowledging or aware of God's presence in our life, in our actions, unless it's the Big Bang, unless it's a very noisy inner experience of some kind with a lot of uh, bells and whistles and lights and sounds. We do not believe that God is present unless we have that, that experience that way. And so one thing I would ask you to pay attention to in your meditation is to, to, to look for God, pay attention for God, and be aware that it can be present in many different forms, but it's always loving. And if you will just keep focusing on the loving, keep centering into the loving, keep moving into the loving, and allow that movement of loving into you, you will find more and more that living presence of God. And we've often heard about seeing the face of God and entering into the heart of God. Well, when you are centered in that loving, you are in that heart of God. You are in the heart of God right when you're in this physical form, aware of the chair beneath you or the bed beneath you as you're meditating. That is where the heart of God resides in that moment. Because where you connect into the heart of God is right here at the seat of the soul. It's not somewhere out in creation somewhere. It's right here, right now with you, right where you are in this moment. And it's for us to wake up into the knowing of that right now, right here at the seat of the soul. Be aware that this is where we wake up. Be aware that this is where we come into the fullness of the knowing of ourselves as a child of God. Where we wake up into the movement of loving that is God in us and us in God. This is where we begin that divine knowing of who we are as divine so that we can begin to live that divinity more and more each day. And the way we do that is by choosing to live into the loving. It's the loving that is God. So as we wake up into God, we're going to find automatically, if we're truly focusing on God, waking up into that loving, that we are taking that loving into everything that we do. Not just in our meditative moment, but in everything that we do, so that we truly take God into all things and that we are living as a living, loving essence of the Lord, a living child of God. And we do not have to go anywhere. We do not have to do anything but just be. Be the loving that we are. And, and that's a remarkable thing to be aware of. For so many people, they sit in meditation trying to get somewhere, trying to go somewhere, trying to become something trying to let go of things, trying to be worthy, trying to earn God's love. All we have to do is be still. Hold to that loving presence by chanting the name of God and building the power up inside of us. And inside, wake up. Wake up into the divine knowing. Wake up into the divine loving. Wake up and be the child of God. Know that you are a child of God. 
and then take that into every part of your life. And as you do your meditation each day, that is what is taking place. It's a gradual process. Just like when you were born, you were a child, and it took you a while to, to grow up, to grow up into your adolescence and into your teens and into your adulthood. It took you a while to learn to crawl, to walk, to talk, and to do all the things that you're doing today. It took time. And the reason it took time is because we are in the realm of time and space. The Lord of this creation, the Lord of reflection, the Lord of time and space is the ruler of this creation. And the means by which we experience, his, experience in his creation is by moving through his space in his time. And so it is when we're meditating. A part of us is in this creation of time and space. And so we're going to experience things in this space, in this body, in this time that is in his creation. And so it is a gradual unfolding in the space and in the time of this creation. But eventually, as you begin to do your meditation every day, with loving, with devotion, with paying attention to where it is you're holding your attention, chanting that name of God, building the power up, eventually you begin to slip into a different place beyond this creation, beyond the creation of time and space. You sort of slip through the seconds. And all of a sudden you're in God's place. That is the place of loving. There is no time. There is no space. There is just loving in God's creation. That is what we are doing in our meditation. We are learning to be present, to be loving, to be accepting of this place of time and space. We are learning to be still. So in that stillness, we can slip through the second. We can slip between the seconds and go into God's realm, into that place of loving. And for each of us, it's a different process. It's a different timing. But I do know that if you will put the time in and give yourself enough time in your meditation, you will begin to wake up. You will begin to have experience. But remember that experience is loving. This is a very simple path. And loving is very simple. And so many people look for the phenomena, for the psychic. And when it isn't that, they get disappointed. They get discouraged. They walk away. They give up for a while. <clears throat> then they go back in the world and they realize, gosh, the world isn't as good today as it was when I was meditating. Maybe I should get back to meditating. And maybe that is the experience you will have to have in order to really value the meditation time. I would hope not. I would hope that you begin to see the value in the meditation without having to walk away from it for a period of time and then begin to see the value of it. But that is also a valuable experience to have if that's what you have. But pay attention. If you decide to walk away from meditation for a while, pay attention. How am I feeling today? What's going on? Am I living in more disturbance? Am I more angry? Do I get more frustrated with myself or with others? Does the day seem to be slower and harder and more challenging? 
do I seem to get caught up more in gossip? Do I really like sitting in front of the TV and watching the news 24 hours a day because I'd rather see other people suffering more than me? It makes me feel like my days are okay after I see what they're going through. And I've heard that from others. So pay attention. And if you find that that is true for you, then you might want to sit down and begin meditating again just to do an experiment and see what happens. I know that as I was growing up, there were times where I was distracted by the world, especially when I was a teenager. And the world seemed to be much more interesting at that point in time than inside. And I also found at that time that my life got more challenging, more difficult. And as I disconnected more from the loving inside and began to look for the loving out here in the world, I began to find myself in states of disappointment and unrest and a real disturbance about where to find that love that I was looking for. And it wasn't until one day when in a German class we were reading something and it was a poem and it was about love. And I don't know who wrote the poem and I didn't really speak German that well. I never really did that well in the class. But when she was translating it and she made a statement and this poet had written a statement in the poem that said, I've never found love in the world, but I found it in me. What a laugh. What a joke. And I remembered that. It, it just rang so loud inside. What a laugh. What a joke. And, and I looked at it and I listened to it. And from that moment on, I said, you know, that's what is happening. I'm looking outside for love. I'm looking outside for that fulfillment. And I remembered that I knew what that feeling was. I knew the fulfillment of loving. But I got distracted. I got caught up in the hormonal rages and began to look for it out in the world rather than inside. And in that moment in my German class, I decided I was going to go back to meditation. I was going to go back to my prayer time as it was back then. And I did. And very quickly, I found that centeredness. I found that loving once again. And I realized in that moment of my meditation that I didn't want to not meditate again because of what I was missing on. I had been missing that loving. I had been longing for the loving. I had been looking for the loving in the world, and I wasn't finding it. I was going to church more regularly. I was going to church and stopping by sometimes the church after school. I would walk home from a, a bus stop further down from my house so I could stop off at a church and sit there and see if I could find the loving. But I was looking for it in, in the altar. I was looking for it on the cross on the wall. I was looking for it in the building. And I wasn't finding it. And when I finally heard that poem and I realized, oh my God, I'm not doing my prayers. I began to not go to the church. I began not looking out in the world for relationships in the world to fulfill me and give me love. I went back inside and connected back into that place of stillness where the sound current resides, where the Holy Spirit is present, where that audible life stream speaks its sound, its name, its loving, and just fills you to overflowing. And ever since then, I do all I can to spend time in meditation.
every day because if I don't, I miss it. I miss it. And it's very interesting. The last couple of days have been very full, very busy, very hectic. And um, two days ago, three days ago, I didn't meditate. And I didn't realize it until after I was way off into the evening hours and I was looking back at the day, which I often will do. And as I was looking at the day, I realized that I had gotten, I, I had woken up in bed and I went right back to sleep. And I slept through my meditation time. And then I got up. And I went back, I went upstairs and I had things I wanted to get done. So I started doing those instead of my meditation. And then other things take place and I got distracted there and I got distracted at another place. Phones started ringing. And before long I forgot all about my meditation. But as I got into the day further and further, I found myself irritated inside. These things that normally I look to enjoy and, oh my God, this is great, I'm enjoying this conversation. I was just getting irritated with it. I was getting irritated with myself. And I didn't like the feeling. And so as I was looking over the day, all of a sudden I realized that that morning I did not meditate. I had not done my meditation. I had not gone inside and connected to that still small place inside where the loving resides. And so I immediately focused back inside and connected to that loving because I didn't want to go to sleep that night not connected to that. I wanted that loving to be with me as I went into the sleep state because I did not want to go into the sleep state and continue my day of irritation and disturbance and unrest, which it was up until that point. And so we all need reminders, and my reminders come pretty quickly now. I'm aware of when I'm not centered. I'm aware of when things are in a place of disturbance. And that disturbance reminds me, what have we not done? Or maybe we need to do it some more. Because there's even days where I do the meditation, that still things can pull me off my center. So be aware, as long as you're in the body, in this world, things in this world around your body can draw your attention away from that centered place of loving, draw you from the seat of the soul and down into your own process in the world, physically, emotionally, mentally, imaginationally, or whatever. It will and can, and will do all it can to do that to you, if you will allow it. And so it is a moment-by-moment process. It isn't just in the moments of your meditation. It is one breath at a time, one day at a time is how you live your life. I have lived that for so many years, paying attention to every moment, every moment, every moment. And there are times when I don't. There are times where I get in a rush. Today we were doing something and I got my excitement and I was rushing, rushing, rushing. And in that, that action, I wasn't staying centered because I was hurrying, I was rushing, trying to take this all in. And Brian kept saying, slow down, slow down. And I'd go, okay, I, I will, I will. But I was still in my excitement and I was rushing. And it wasn't until after we got back to the car and we were driving back home that all of a sudden I realized what had happened. In that moment, I allowed myself to get caught up in the outer. And I was making the outer more important 
then my inner centeredness and my quiet and just observing and being present and doing the world from that place of observation. I got caught up in the energy and the excitement of something and I was pulled out of my center through that action within myself. It wasn't even the world doing it. It was me allowing it, me promoting it by pushing myself and my attention and my focus out here trying to take it all in. So pay attention that one of the greatest ways to live this life, to live in this world, is to live as an observer. The soul is here observing it all, taking it all in. It doesn't place judgment on anything. There's nothing, no right, no wrong, no best way to do it. It is just observing everything that goes on here, and through that observation it takes in the experience. And it's through the experience that the soul comes to the fuller knowing of this creation. And if you make a choice and it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to, the soul goes, that's not the creative energy that we want to live in. So we're going to learn about a different action of creation and do it differently. And that's how the soul becomes a true co-creator with God is learning about the creative power, the creative ability, the creative action through our choices, through our actions in this level. And the level inside of the emotional, the mental. So pay attention and see if you can begin to be more the observer from the soul level, from the seat of the soul, and observe what's going on. Observe what people are saying. Observe what you're doing. Observe your actions. Observe your reactions. And don't get caught up in it. And don't make a judgment on it. Just be present in the moment, one breath at a time, one day at a time. And you'll begin to see the divine in everything when you do it that way. God is present in every moment, in every breath, in every one. And if we can begin to live that, then we begin to live a life where we truly are liberating our soul from this creation. We are truly liberating ourselves so that we do not have anything to attract us back down here, to draw us back down here to call us back down here. And truly then the soul can go up into the realms of spirit and just continue its journey back home to the very heart of God, to the very centered essence of that loving. From which we came, so shall we return. That's a spiritual promise that was given to God by God at the moment He created soul. When He created soul, He promised soul he promised himself that that essence of himself would be returned back in the fullness, returned back in the wholeness, and that nothing, nothing would be left out in separation. It would all be returned back in the wholeness one day. So that's the ultimate goal that we have for ourselves is that action of return. It's also been interesting in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten several phone calls and emails and a letter from different people who um, are a part of ILM, either intended initiates or initiates or looking at initiation. And it's been very interesting to, to hear some of their experiences. And, and the ones that um, have been very poignant over the last couple of weeks has been where people were sharing about their meditation practice. And for a long time, 
several of them were doing their meditations every day and it was dry and nothing was happening and they kept wondering, why am I meditating? Why am I doing this? Is this really important? Am I wasting my time? Is this really true? And one person even wrote a wonderful letter stating how they had uh, gone to church in trust. They trusted that what the minister was saying was true. And they moved into a place of faith, faithing that God does really exist. Even though they didn't know that God existed, they were going to have faith that God existed because the minister said you had to have faith in order to be saved. And so they moved into trust and they moved into faith and they were hoping that it was all true and that they were doing the right thing in this action. But they never had experience of it. They were just trusting, faithing, and hoping. And those are elements having to do more with the outer at first, to trust, to faith, to hope. And we follow after the principles that we find line up inside of us that serve that trust, that faith, and hope. This isn't a pathway of that action where we're asking you to trust in what we say is true, to have faith that God really does exist, and to hope that somehow this is all going to come to fulfillment. That's not what this is about. What this is about is about you having personal experience, practical experience inside, so that you know it's true. You know that there's loving that is of spirit, that is of God, present in you, around you, through you. That you know that the realms of spirit do exist. And that that is where you reside right now as soul. And that you know yourself as soul, as spirit, as divine. And that this body is just an instrument by which you're having experience in the moment. And that you know that when this body dies, that you, the soul, are just going to continue your journey as you've been doing throughout your meditation time and throughout this lifetime. And that the soul never dies. This is a path of that knowing. Well, this one person wrote and said, you know, I've gone from church to church, from different kinds of practices, different gurus, faithing, hoping, trusting. Trusting, hoping, faithing. And they wrote it several different ways of how they felt that they had just moved trying to figure out the combination that unlocked something that made it real. But it never was real. They could never find what it was that they were supposed to be faithing and hoping and trusting in. And when they came here to ILM and started doing the meditation, they really weren't sure. They were almost certain that they were going to be disappointed once again, that somehow this faithing, hoping, and trusting was just going to be another emptiness, that there was really nothing here, that we were just talking. But they said they were going to try it one more time, and so they began doing the meditation practice. And over time, they continued meditating, and nothing seemed to be happening. And they were going to write me a letter at one point, and halfway through the letter they said, nope, I'm going to give it more of a chance. And what they were writing was they were going to give up. One more time they were disappointed. One more time this faith, hope, and trust just wasn't paying off. 
and that there was nothing here. But something inside of them said, no, wait, do it longer, don't give up yet. And so they put the letter aside and they continued meditating. And so the letter that they sent me along with the other one, partially written, the new letter is, wow! <laughs> I don't have any more trust or faith or hope. I now know. I now know. What a difference. I don't have to listen to anybody. I just have to go inside. Wow! It is really true. How did you know this? How did you do this? And they are just so grateful that they stuck it out past that time where they normally would give up. Where they normally would give up with their guru, where they normally would give up with their, their church, where they normally would not listen to the minister anymore. Because it just wasn't working. And over the last couple of weeks, it's been very, very rewarding for me to, to read these and to hear this because sometimes I hear from people and they go, well, nothing's happening. It's all dry. I, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. And I begin to wonder, I'm going, gosh, are we really doing the right thing? Or is this really happening? But when I see that people really do the action, the discipline, the discipleship, with loving and devotion, they do get the results. For some people, it is through a quality of vision where they do see things. They do have great visionary experiences. For others, it's a feeling thing. They feel the movement of loving. They feel the quiet. They feel the peace. And for others, it's a knowing. There's a greater knowing, a greater understanding that manifests inside of them. It's not knowledge. It is spiritual wisdom. And in all of that, it is quiet. It is peaceful. It is stillness. It is loving. It is light. It is sound. And it is subtle. It is so subtle compared to the world. And oftentimes the sensual nature of our consciousness is looking for the things of the world to manifest in the meditation so that the sensual nature can go, yep, that's true, it's really true, look at that. Well, the sensual nature cannot comprehend the subtle energy of spirit. It can't. The mind cannot, the emotions cannot, the body cannot. Because... The essence of spirit, that movement of loving, is far above all that is of this creation. And it is for us to wake up into that, that is us in that element of spirit, to begin to have those experiences of the divine. And it's a subtle experience. So pay attention to that subtle flow in your meditation. And you may begin to see the greater truth of it all. Brian and I have been talking, and I think last week even the question was asked, or maybe the week before, about how many of you see purple and blue in your meditation. And it was interesting because almost everybody raised their hand. And yet, when we go around and ask that question in different groups, we often ask that because we often have been hearing from people well, nothing seems to be happening in my meditation. I'm not seeing anything. I'm not hearing anything. There's no big, great phenomena taking place. So nothing's happening. <coughs> but then Brian will often ask, well, do you see purple or blue? And they go, oh, yeah, I see that all the time. You know, 
That's it. That's the subtlety of spirit. That's the movement of the Christ and the Holy Spirit waking up in our consciousness and we waking up into it. That's it. If you see the purple, if you see the blue, sit silently, sit still, still in stillness and be present with it. That's the sound and the light. That's the sound current. And as you sit with it more, it will become more vibrant. It will become more active. It will begin to radiate its essence into your consciousness and into your body. If thy eye be single and open, your body should be filled with light. This is the light that is to be filled with. This is what you want in your life and in your consciousness and in your body. This light of the Holy Spirit. If thy eye be single and open, your body should be filled with the light and the sound. So it's move here to the single eye and let it open. Knock and it shall be open. Knock, 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 chant the name of God, and it will be open. And then the light can come in. And that light is the subtle light of spirit. It isn't the brilliant light of the sun. It is the brilliance of God's light. But it's a different light than this creation. And the eye of spirit is a different action of perception than the eyes of the physical body. So be aware that that spiritual light is a subtle light at first. And let it be just fine. And let that be all that, that you hold your attention to if that's what you see. If you see the purple and blue, hold to that. Hold your attention. And if it begins to disappear or waver, chant the name of God and bring yourself focused back to that centeredness. <coughs> back to where that purple and or blue come present again. That is the Holy Spirit beginning to activate in your consciousness. You're beginning to open the door and beginning to allow that light in. Allow it in. Allow it to flow. And allow yourself to wake up into that loving essence of the divine that you are. And that is subtle. I'm going to probably say the word subtle a lot tonight because it's important for you to be aware of that. Don't go for the dra drama and the dramatic because that is of this world. That is the phenomena of the psychic and material world and that's not what we're after. But if you're seeing the purple, if you're seeing the blue, if you're beginning to hear the inner sounds, if you're beginning to feel that essence of loving and the centeredness of your being, hold your attention on those things and allow them to grow, to grow more brilliant, to grow louder, to grow in a greater movement of loving within yourself. And that is how we begin to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and know that you are a living child of God. And the way you wake up is to pay attention and follow the experience. That's what this is about. Follow the inner experience. Follow that inner pathway of experience. And that's how you wake up into the divine knowing. What is this divine knowing that we keep talking about here? The divine knowing is you knowing 
that you and the Lord are one and the same. God dwells within you right now as that which you are truly, the soul. You and the Lord are one. It's wake up into the divine knowing of that. Wake up and know that you and God are one. That I am one in God and God is one in me. We dwell together in this oneness that is me and the soul. And the soul dwells within the realms of spirit. And in the realms of spirit is where that river of loving truly resides and moves freely every day, carrying me further and further into the heart of God. If I will just connect back into my divine essence, back into my soul, back into the realms of spirit, and follow that river of loving, it just takes me right back. And what's interesting is the journey isn't a long journey. But the mind makes it a long journey. This realm of creation of time makes it a long journey. If we can begin to know right now, and maybe this is where faithing is about, where trusting is about, where hoping is about, <coughs> that you are soul, that you are divine, that you are a child of God. Faith it, trust it, hope it, but also meditate and wake up into the knowing of it. And it is in the practice of meditation where the waking up does take place. You don't wake up in the sleep state. You don't wake up with your eyes open in the world, doing things in the world, managing a business, balancing your checkbook, taking care of relationship. You wake up inside with your eyes closed and hold you in your attention where you want to wake up. And that is on God. That is in God. That is in that divine place that is your soul. So, every day, ask yourself, who am I? Who am I truly? And am I living who I truly am? And see if you can begin to bring yourself focused throughout the day. When I was growing up, in my early 20s, I had on my mirror just that question, who am I right now? And I had that on my mirror in the bathroom. I had it on the mirror uh, and, until a policeman told me to take it off. I had it on the mirror, on my rearview mirror in the car. <laughs> then I got stopped one day and got a ticket. And he looked and he says, you can't have anything on your mirror. Get that off of there. <laughs> so I had to take it off and I stuck it on the dashboard. 